September 11, 2016. Again, it's a pleasure to have you join us. I've been uh, really so excited about this show because I have a special guest with me, uh, a brother, Mel Blackman. Uh, many of you know him as an author and as a playwright, and um, I, I just feel very blessed to have him as a guest. He's here at my home right now. You know, as you know, many of my shows I do remotely with our guests uh, from their home or wherever location they happen to be. Uh, via phone, but uh, I, I'm really uh, going to change the script, as you may, by inviting those guests who are within the proximity of, of my home so that we can sit down in our, um, I would say, our studio and, and, and have a heart-to-heart -heart talk uh, from a grassroots level. Uh, Mel Blackman has worked professionally in the substance abuse field, counseling and lecturing drug, drug abusers, and also uh, Mr. Blackman has dedicated his life to helping members of the community to help themselves get off drugs. He has earned numerous uh, CASAC, CASIC certifications in conventional drug rehabilitation training, as well as uh, being committed to, uh, from a grassroots level, to assisting those in our community who are suffering from drug addiction. Crisis in Urban America, which is uh, a book that uh, we will be discussing, along with uh, a book titled by, um, authored by uh, Mr. Blackman, titled You're Not My Friend. Um, but crisis in urban America is something that I, I think would be apropos being that today is, I believe, the 15th anniversary of 9-11. Uh, and um, needless to say, and I won't get so much right into uh, the essence of uh, the uh, terrorist attack on uh, America, by those malcontents who happen to be, uh, could classify themselves as being Muslims. However, uh, indeed, the uh, trauma that was inflicted upon those of us of African descent was even compounded. You know, we didn't need a terrorist uh, from a country uh, uh, from the Far East, as it were, because we have been terrorized uh, for 400 plus years as it were. And that's something that we, which we will discuss and cover that um, during our talk uh, this evening. Uh, as I was about to say, though, terrorists in urban America is the forbidden tell-all of the indoctrination and state of black America. This is a quote from Brother Mel Blackman. 
Uh, are you sick and tired of hearing not all but too many members of our urban black communities in this country give one excuse after another about why we try our best to stay stuck, why we allow predators in our communities? Are you tired of people acting like they don't see what's right and under their very noses? Are you tired of mass-scale black denial? Are you tired of waiting for black leaders to start telling the truth? Well, crisis in urban America is a compelling dialogue that is intermingled. Um, crisis in urban black America, the enemy we choose not to see, is a, uh, a, 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 not a thesis, but a combination of urban rhymes and stories of cocaine users and, and other drug and substance abusers reflecting the author's, the author's interpretation of the enemy that we choose not to see. So, uh, Brother Mel, thank you for, for joining us this evening. Thank How you are you doing? Me. I'm fine, thank you. Thanks Wonderful. for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'd like to start off. Uh, we met each other at, at a senior citizen center located in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. New York, uh, at the... Um, uh, Brother Imada Nubian, uh, the director of the Senior Citizen Center, had invited my wife Dora and I mm -hmm. into his office. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, you walked in, uh, and it was a really a pleasure encounter, pleasurable encounter. And um, from there, we have developed a friendship and, and, and a professional uh, uh, linguist relationship, as it were. And uh, you shared with me the, the, the book you had on you, uh, you're not my friend, uh, and it's a very uh, succinct and highly uh, targeted and relevant book geared towards uh, children primarily, mm -hmm. but uh, needed to say the whole family. Right. Uh, perhaps we can start off with that. I was going to start sure. off with the yeah. uh, the uh, black <clears throat> the crisis in uh, Black America, but uh, why don't we just go over this uh, briefly? And then from there, I'd like to discuss also uh, the organization that you, you founded. Mm. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, first of all, the, um, the, um, the book, uh, You're Not My Friend, is um, it's geared toward, it's a drug prevention book that's geared mm -hmm. toward 8- to 12-year-old uh, children. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it shows in cartoon-like um, cartoon -like, uh, format how the various substances, you know, not not just drugs, but alcohol and um, and cigarettes. How it, how it sets up the um, the first time user, and by befriending it, by making it feel good. Yeah. But then the rest of it, you know, the the follow up on on the following page shows all the other stuff that happens in actuality. You yeah. know, after after I mean after using for a while, how the drug turns on the person. You know, and and there's there's no good part to that. Mm -hmm. Everything is a it's a downhill slope from there, <laughs> a negative downhill slope. You know, but it all, and but the whole the book is 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 meant toward uh, cause, um, in this day and age of uh, rampant substance abuse everywhere, right? Not just in the urban community, but everywhere. It's um, uh, it's it's some it's just one other way of helping uh, parents and guardians, um. To uh, try to di divert their young ones from uh, picking up these things in the first place, mm -hmm. you know, because like you can't. I mean, there's no way of stopping somebody that wants to do something, right? But mm -hmm. if you can put a healthy fear, 
mm-hmm. and accuracy like as in the book because I don't have I don't have all the drugs and all the substances in that book. I just have, have a handful of, of, yeah. of them, right? But they're all they the story is the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all the same thing. If you use if you use these you know illegal things or if you misuse the ones that are like prescription drugs and stuff like that, the result is always the same. You know, there's there's I haven't heard a good story yet. You know, even from I mean, look at um, for instance, like Amy Winehouse, right? You know, because I mean, like so, m- money has nothing to do with it. You yes. know, as a matter of fact, it enables you to use more of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that book about is, is about, and it's um, like I said, it's geared toward um, you know, the youngest children before they even start, before they even mm-hmm. consider picking it up. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at one time, uh, so-called drugs mm-hmm. uh, were used as as a spiritual medium mm-hmm. uh, entity in in the African community mm-hmm. to connect with the ancestors. To connect with the spirit, mm. uh, also mm. to to relax, right? right? Uh, to pay homage to those deities mm. that um, uh, presided over the uh, the farm, mm. the growing of crops and so forth. Mm. You know, they they were used for medicinal right. purposes mm. more so than non-medicinal. And um, as far as us as African Americans of African descent. We started using drugs um, via the entertainment community, and of course, I dare say that uh, I'm not an anthropologist, but just putting on my anthropological hat, uh, uh, our, our brothers and sisters, uh, who are now ancestors for the most part, who, who started the the classical musical idiom called jazz, which which started as gospel, and then. Um, uh, the blues circuit and the big band swing and so mm-hmm. forth. When they would travel, they were ostracized yeah. by the establishments, that, 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 uh, the venues that they performed at. Mm-hmm. So alcohol was prevalent, and, and what did they use to deaden their depression and mm-hmm. their sense of low self-esteem <coughs> and rejection? Mm-hmm. But alcohol. And then, of course, marijuana came into the fit, yeah. and, then, uh, and then heroin and cocaine. Yeah. So... As we fast forward to the present day, um, many of our youngsters and some older adults and senior citizens are influenced by the entertainment community. Mm-hmm. You know, such as the celebrities go, we feel that they're having happy and happy uh, journey, mm-hmm. so we want to emulate that. Yeah. So it's it's okay for you to indulge. Mm-hmm. I know back in the day, I'm 73 years of age, we're in the same mm-hmm. age group. Mm-hmm. Um, this being Sunday, mm-hmm. many of us were getting over a hangover from partying Friday and Saturday. <laughs> and, right, and it was accepted back then mm-hmm. that, um, hey, it's okay for you to, to go to a party and mm-hmm. have a few drinks, yeah. you know, and then if you go into the back room or into the backyard, or in front of the stoop, mm. someone would be rolling up the reefer, right. which was called back then, or in, in some cases, bringing out a $10 bill and snorting some coke, Something. you know. And we accepted that as being recreational, Absolutely. you know, having fun. Right. Even though we did have this knowledge amongst us mm. that we knew that there were certain people in our group uh, and, and, and in our community and in our family mm-hmm. who didn't have the worth or the discipline to regulate their usage and that they were on the borderline which they would be using it as yeah. a means of self-medication. Right. 
And so we did ourselves collectively a disservice mm -hmm. with regard to that. And I think we continue to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's your book mm -hmm. that you actually, I think, addresses that mm -hmm. and gives food for thought mm -hmm. in terms of us having a genuine, sincere uh, conversation right. about drugs. Yeah. And, and not just saying that this is something that's geared for the children, but hi, honey, how are you doing? Hello. My wife, Lori, just walked into the studio. <laughs> and I'm looking for you to join us. Um, yes, for us to really have a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a heart-to-heart -heart, uh, truth recognition mm. of, of the fact that, indeed, we can be our own worst enemy, which I think you do address in crisis in black America. Yeah. yeah so, hi, how are you doing? This is um, uh, my wife, Dora Gray. Uh, Dr. Dora Gray, who's on board with us, and with Mel Blackman, and I'd like you to just say hello to the audience. Hello, everyone. It's terrific being here. Namaste. And I'm looking forward to being a part of this conversation. Great. Great. Wonderful. It's great to have you with us. I'm talking with Mel about his book, um, You're Not My Friend. And this was, as you remember, when we met him at um, Brother Nubian's office, Absolutely. He said that he, he, he uh, gave us a copy. Um, and not to digress, but I wanted to just... Hmm? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, at any rate... Um, uh, well, where was I? I know you were... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were talking about how, how the book is uh, addresses... Um, well, but just before that, we were talking about yeah, how, how we, okay. Yeah, in terms of, uh, well, honey, I was talking about how we as youngsters were, were inclined to be partying on Fridays and Saturdays mm -hmm. and, and using alcohol and other drugs, marijuana and cocaine, on a so-called casual basis, mm -hmm. and, and not realizing that, indeed, there are those amongst us who many of us knew who were using it as a means of self-medication mm -hmm. because of their low self-esteem, emotional challenges, and et cetera. And, um, and we had no idea back then that uh, the, the crisis that awaited us in future years would get to the point that it would be out of control, especially when crack came on the scene, you know, so that up Absolutely. the ante. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway. well, I'd like to comment on that, if I yeah. might. Can I be political? Sure. Okay, because um, just listening to what you're saying, yes, we, you know, many of us did succumb mm -hmm. to um, substance abuse, mm -hmm. whether it be alcohol. People don't think alcohol is substance abuse. It is. It is. Yes. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, many of us did succumb to that. And um, what people need to understand is that it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I know that even at this stage, like I'm baby boomer, mm -hmm. okay, and... Um, at this age, many people are holding on to guilt, like, mm -hmm. oh, I was so stupid, and oh, I did this. Yeah. We, we are products of PTSD. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is that transatlantic slave, um, that transatlantic slave situation really messed up a lot of our self-esteem, mm -hmm. right? And... Um, as a result, 
when the drugs and alcohols were actually infused into our neighborhood, because it's not like we went out seeking it, okay? It was put into our neighborhood. We succumbed to it, and we are still suffering from the effect. So, you know, so I, I, I think I just want, you know, as a life coach and a healer, I, I, I impress upon people to, if you have guilt associated with anything that you did mm-hmm. in your younger years or even your present years mm-hmm. for that matter, let go of the guilt, mm-hmm. but embrace, I take responsibility for my decision and my actions, mm-hmm. but there is no guilt attached to it because mm-hmm. people have done and are still doing mm-hmm. as best as they can at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And then when a window opens up mm-hmm. where you can do better, mm-hmm. that's, you, you go through that window and you do better. You walk through that Excellent. new door. Yeah. But I think guilt prevents mm-hmm. a lot of people from healing. Mm-hmm. And I know I've been there, done that, not with drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. but in other areas of my life mm-hmm. with the self-esteem. And you hold on to that guilt, you're not going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Recognize that it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And then you can move forward. That's right. Yeah. yeah uh, Dora happens to be a, a life coach. Mm. Uh, Did you mention that? Yes, and and also uh, a, a writer mm-hmm. and and an interfaith minister like mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So we're we're constantly learning and reflecting right. on um, the plight of, of us as a people, right. and that's one of the reasons why I'm, another reason why I'm excited to have you on board mm-hmm. with our show is to share with the with us and the listening audience your take. In mm-hmm. terms of why we are in the state they're in, mm-hmm. uh, as a result of substance abuse and so forth. Okay. So, um, again, uh, would you like to share more of of of, uh, of your book, uh, "You're Not My Friend," in terms of its impact and the, re- the reception you've received mm-hmm. thus far since you've had it uh, published and circulated? Well, <clears throat> it's well, it's new. It came out you know, this this summer. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm at, the, at the moment. I'm right, I'm right now at the moment. I'm, uh, as I was telling you before, I'm, I'm in the process of putting it on, on, on e-books. Okay. You know, because the, uh, I, I wasn't able to keep up with the demand for the hard copy. Okay. You know, so is that Kindle? Kindle, yeah, yeah Kindle. Okay. And um, so with a group with Kindle, you don't, you don't need the hard copy. Right. You know? So, right. but the thing is, is to uh, uh, the, the main um, uh, focus of uh, you're not my friend is to Actually, the, the book is not, you know, for the kids to read. It's, it's for the, the adult, you know, just like when we were kids, to bring the book alive. Ah. You know, and, and, and read it okay. together to the child. Because, you know, a child's reading, they really don't know what they, you know, they, they see it. You know, they can, I mean, if a child can read between 8 and 12, of course, mm-hmm. they can read. But the, the reader has to bring it alive to the person, you know, you know to the child and says, you know, oh, this is... Um, this is so and so. Like here's how it makes you know it, uh, it when you when you um, when you drink it makes you feel funny and giddy and it yeah. makes you feel like you're spinning around and you know because kids did that you know and this is, it sounds like fun right mm-hmm. but then the next the, the next page it shows you like you know how it 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 what, what it does it turns you know it gets you know people you know, it can make you fight all the time with people it can make you uh, angry mm-hmm. it can make you uh, your friends not like you it, it can make you say uh, you know, people say bad things about you, and and, and it, it it tells accurately. You know, here's here's what can happen to you. Right. You know, so like I said, it's for the adult to read it to the child. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when we were kids, and anybody listening was a kid. You know, like when somebody was reading the book to us, they brought it alive. Mm-hmm. You know, but the whole idea is is to sh- you know to show the uh, 
or the kids because it's not gonna it's it's, it's not it's not foolproof. You know, you you can tell and show a child anything, right? But if if they decide to pick up something anyway, right, it's gonna happen. You know, right. but for anybody that might you know any child that might get the because uh, I'm gonna give you a quick example. And it's for anybody listening also. There's certain things um, in your life, you know, in your wife's life, you know, in uh, my life, and anybody listening, right, mm-hmm. that we have a phobia of today mm-hmm. and might not even know where it started, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, we might have had something, like, put into our, our senses, you know, when we were a kid, and they said, you know, like, uh, would you like some jelly beans? Oh, no, I don't want, I don't want any jelly beans. Why? Well, I, I don't know, but I don't mess with jelly beans, you know, and... Because something happened, but they can't remember what the heck it was, yes, yes. you know. But it was planted in there, you know. Like, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, something happened. You know, it doesn't have to be bad or good or anything like that. But it's a, it's the same thing with um, um with uh with, with uh, drugs, you know. And, and just like your wife was saying, this, uh, you know, al- alcohol is as a matter of fact, alcohol is the worst drug there is. You know, it beats all the rest of them combined. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it, it can get and it's legal. And and that's the that's the worst part yeah. about it. Isn't it? It's, easily accessible. Yeah. Very easily. Even so. on Sunday. Even on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, like, it, and it's promoted from, it's promoted everywhere. Yeah. You know, because alcohol. I mean, you know, you, you see like, uh, you know, politicians and you know, in the White House, where this here comes for, here comes um, New Year's Day. Everybody's toasting with, with alcohol and whatever it is. So it's it's it's, it's promoted, but it's it's not stigmatized because imagine if. Um, even though I ca- I kind of like this guy because he was kind of okay, right? I- imagine if if uh, Ted Kennedy was 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 on was on heroin, right? It'd be a, it'd be a different story other than him being a well known boozer. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a completely different story. But but it's the same thing. Well, the thing is, is that his nephew yeah. was on heroin. Right, but his nephew the, would come to Harlem. Right. To to, to score. Right, but it's yeah. just, but it, see, but this but 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 Ted himself, right? Yeah. Here he is, high-profile, big, you know, uh, big-time politician, mm-hmm. right? Just known to be have an alcohol problem, right? But mind you, even though heroin and alcohol, right, it's the same addiction, yes, yes. but it's just pushed to the side, exactly. you know, because it's alcohol, okay, exactly. you know. But um, but like I said, you know, I I, I try to use this as a, um, you know, that that's what you're not my friend is about, because and that's literally the truth, you know, you're not my friend, because um. I mentioned this to, uh, to, to you before, right? I myself, you know, was part of. I was a substance abuser mm-hmm. from um, when I picked up alcohol at, at um, age 16, and then oh, okay. yeah, and I, I moved on to uh, to uh, marijuana and then then uh, heroin, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I from from 16 to age 38, you know, because I've been drug and alcohol free and everything else free, cigarette free and everything else free for 30 years since from. Um, um, from um, 16 to uh, March, 3rd, March uh, 7, 1986. Right? That was the last time I used anything, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I know firsthand of what I'm talking about when, when I'm saying about how the effects of losing my low self-esteem. That was me. Yeah. I had all those things. I was I was not as tall as this one. I wasn't as good looking as that one. You know, mm-hmm. you know I couldn't speak you know to girls like I wanted to. And you know, it, it was like so. Once this thing came along, I was like, yeah, I've arrived. You know, because now I can do all those things. You know, I mean, like in my mind, I was six foot two with, with wavy hair, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I was I was the guy. All that, you yeah. name it, anything, anything I wanted to be. You know, because yeah. that's what that's what these things do to you. But um, so yeah. it erases the inhibitions. But I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. 
at age 16. Mm-hmm. How accessible, how easy was it for you to start on that path? Because that's something that the young people today mm-hmm. need to know about. It seems like it's just pretty easy, you know, pretty easy to get. No, but no, but don't forget now. To see, the, and it's in my, it's in this book, um, in Crisis in Urban Black America, right? Okay. I'll be 69 in a couple of months, right? Okay. It's not like today. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a completely different thing. Cause mm-hmm. like, I'll show you how things change, like, in, uh, in the middle 60s, right? There wasn't a, a drug problem in schools when I was a kid. Like, you, you're, you're from here, right? There, there was right. no drug problem. You know, right. it was, the only thing that was going on was, like, the same thing that's successful right now mm-hmm. is alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. I started out with you know, you know drinking alcohol. There was so there was there was no drug. There wasn't. You didn't find no kids and once in a while we might hear about somebody smoking those. They call them funny cigarettes, which was mm-hmm. marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. Once in a while, mm-hmm. right? And once in a while we, we we would hear and with great stigma hear about you know somebody you know whether it was um, it, it was hardly ever anybody in the school sticking a needle in their arm, right? right. And became right. a junkie, right? So mm-hmm. like it wasn't like now. See, but what happened, like, and, uh, I can tell you how when the influx came in, what you mentioned, how the influx came into the urban community, so, like, it's all in my book, how, how things changed because within that short period of time from um, in, in, in the middle, it coincided with the civil rights movement, right? <laughs> all the drugs came into the urban community because, like, uh, people of color, you know, was, we manipulated so easy because, like, you know, it's been set up like that, you know, right. for us to be manipulated. So yeah. once they brought this thing in, because... When people say, well, like, you know, the white man brought the drugs, you know, to the to the community, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean much to me, you know, because like, yeah, we, you know, I we we know that, right? Mm-hmm. But who's who's the person that went out and looked to 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 get that package from that white guy? Mm-hmm. It was us, yeah. you know. Was it no, it was no, I never heard one story in my entire life where I heard that some white people came in with this thing called heroin, right, mm-hmm. and forced black folks to, to sell it. That never happened. So basically mm-hmm. the weak-minded ones of us yeah. approached the people who brought no, not just the, the weak, not just, not just the weak-minded, the, the money-hungry. Mm-hmm. See, the, the, the people said, okay, this is a quick way to make money, mm-hmm. right? And it still is today, right? Mm-hmm. But they look like me. They look like you, right? I mean, but they, they bought the drug. You know, I mean, not, not bought the drug. They, was, they were given the drug, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the people who were selling me, well, I have this, you know, this thing, right? Because like, um, like Bobby was saying, right? It was already around in in the um, in the in the. Um, but those were those were adults, you know, in the jazz community and stuff like that in the entertainment field. It was already yeah. there. Yeah. But the it wasn't with kids didn't have. Young people. Yeah. There was it was that was no such thing. Was, I, I, now, if you ask a junior high school kid or elementary kid about about drugs, you know. They, they can tell you some of them are even using it. Not yeah. when not when I was in school, that that that, that wouldn't happen. But the book, and, I, and that's in my book book too, how the parents of uh, of um because uh, see once 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 drugs, which includes myself, right? Once drugs, um, a person picks up a drug, right, and gets addicted to the drug, it stunts your your, your mental growth. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, in the '60s, in this particular Part of the 60s, right? When this influx of stuff came in and wasn't forced, right? We voluntarily, you know, got it from these white folks and sold it to our own people, right? When this stuff came in, right? The people that were using it, this is in the in the in the age of what they were talking about, free love and everything, you know, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, all we need is love and all this kind of stuff, right? Now, 
these teenagers now that are using this stuff, right, and people in their 20s, right, mm-hmm. they're having kids. Mm-hmm. And when they start having kids, right, but don't forget, you know, they're teenagers, right, mm-hmm. so, but they're mentally stuck with, you know, where the drug has them stuck, right? So these teenagers who are children still, right, mm-hmm. are having children. So yeah. it's children raising children, mm-hmm. right? And it, and it went on up. It kept on going up until today. Yeah. You know, that's why you find, like, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not judging or anything like that, but how you find a lot of, because, like, when in, in our lifetime, you know, you and I, because you're, 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 you're young, right? But in, in all, yeah, but when, in all, like, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, but, you, you know, but, but you know what I'm saying, right? But the, um, uh, when, when, in, in, during our childhood, do we ever hear about a 40-year-old grandmother? No, that's no, common. It, it, but I'm saying, you see no. how things change. Yeah. I mean, things change so much because, like, uh, every, all the values and everything they, like, uh, that that people were, were, were teaching their kids, you know, because they were clear-headed, right? That went out the window, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, now, now, you know, the children are having, you know, children, right? You know, they're being raised by, you know, by by people with a child's mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's a, a very um, profound observation mm. in terms of children raising children. Mm. Um, usually, in, in the African tradition, is that the elders were the ones who were looked upon to um, teach, as right. it were, and to share their life experience, so that indeed the the youngster, young adults who are having children, and and and, and their grandchildren could benefit from their wisdom. And um, you're not able to give wisdom if you don't have wisdom. Right. And you're not able to give wisdom that's going to be a, uh, a benefit if it's wisdom that's uh, uh, um, textured with uh, uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome mm-hmm. um, elements, which is what we, we, we suffer from. Matter of fact, that's a term that is not widely, it's, it still isn't known through the general population. And those who do know about it, there's a pushback in saying that it's not really real. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have any basis of. I think uh, it's perfect. I mean, yeah, that's the perfect explanation. Of course, absolutely. And then um, the trauma of slavery stays within our DNA. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's only one way to use a lack of a better expression to exercise mm-hmm. that that um, that negative entity in the DNA mm-hmm. is through a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, um, rebirth mm-hmm. and upliftment. Right. And I think that's one of the key, key things that's uh, left out of our uh, equation in terms of the healing of black America, mm-hmm. uh, the healing of America as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, the, he- the healing of hum- humanity. You know, is uh, uh, to bring back some type of uh, um, relevance of uh, spiritual awareness and spiritual uh, uh, practice. That's not just about um, individualized gain, but uh, recognizing that we're all interdependent upon one another. Mm. Uh, and I think that I'm optimistic that that's going to happen, mm. and it's in the process already of happening. Mm. And I think those are the things that need to be addressed. And those of us who are authors and Playwrights like yourself, that's mm. another conversation I just recently found out mm. you're a playwright mm. as well. Yeah. And you have a play that's in the front burner called Players? No, no, a play. That's, that's, a play. Yeah, because okay. yeah, I, I have another one called, um, the, the one that, that was presented in mm-hmm. National Black Theater and um, uh, Frank Silver mm-hmm. in, in, in the past and um, shows. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Feet. It, it, it's, it's a, feet? Okay. It's a hilarious comedy. Uh, all right. I look forward <laughs> to that. I mean, that's definitely something to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the the, the um, books that have been written, um, the plays that have been um, uh, created uh, perpetuate the post-traumatic slave syndrome mm-hmm. um, narrative, as it were. Uh, and, and we have our entertainers, which has always been... Before you came down, honey, I was speaking about how it was the jazz community that went to Europe, that went to other countries, mm-hmm. and they got introduced to marijuana, to cocaine, uh, to the culture of having wine with, with every meal, uh, at least um, lunch and dinner, mm-hmm. and, and it being acceptable as far as it being something that's frowned upon when, when you come back home here to, you mm-hmm. know, to the States. But um, the thing is, is that We've been sold a bill of goods that we can afford to emulate the oppressor, mm-hmm. those people to, who, who were descendants of the oppressor, the slave master, and to, to send our children to them to be taught and not to take it upon ourselves mm-hmm. to say we need to do some homeschooling as well. Mm-hmm. And then we need to also be honest with one another and challenge one another in right. terms of peer pressure right. to say that, hey, maybe you might want to think about laying off that alcohol. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to think about not having a party and allowing people to come in and mm-hmm. off their reefer mm-hmm. in the back room or right, in the right. backyard or the right. front yard. Well, as elders, I believe we need to be willing to risk mm-hmm. yes. a friendship. Yes. Oh, I, to tell on. the truth. Tell yeah. us about it. Because yeah. if you're truly someone's friend, yeah. you would tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, you would tell them the truth. Yes. And um, But we're afraid to lose that friendship. Mm-hmm. So we'll just kind of gloss over it or pretend we don't notice it. And meanwhile, your friend or associate is going deeper and deeper yeah. into this pattern that they built for themselves, and it's like a downward spot, spiral. Right. And it's not even friends. How about family members? Well, definitely even family. Even more, more compounded. Right, so because, oh, friend, I didn't can, say that to my cousin, or I didn't say that to my uncle, yeah. or God forbid I say that to my mother. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you have to be willing to lose a relationship yeah, with someone, yeah. whoever it might be, mm-hmm. Right. In, in the sake of telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we can grow as a community, but we're afraid, um, and it's a process. Mm-hmm. But it has to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It has mm-hmm. to start someplace. Yeah. Do you we find that happening talk about in, it. Your, in your circle, in your journey? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, challenging one another and... No, and but that but see, but that's a problem. That's why when when people mention exactly what you just said mm-hmm. about um you know uh, they're afraid to or, or they 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 mention something you know like so this person's uh, um, nephew or this person's child or, or is is you know involved with, with whatever it is right mm-hmm. as as because uh, um, when that expression uh, outside the box came out what it was, you know some yeah. years back right. Yeah. I, I had to laugh because I'm not been outside the box for my life. So like there's certain things, yeah, just just come to me, uh, like because uh, I have a very high IQ, which I used to, I still laugh at because I'm seeing with all the stupid things I can't. I said, what's IQ mean? IQ couldn't mean much because like, I've done some of the stupidest things in the world. I used to have a PhD in stupidity. I'm happy you mentioned that though. Just to interrupt for a minute mm. uh, in terms of IQ. Mm. I recently found out a few years ago that there's a school of thought that that embraces the concept of uh, spiritual IQ, mm-hmm. mental IQ, right. and emotional IQ. Right, right. So there are many people who have a very high mental IQ, right. but have a low spiritual and emotional IQ. Yeah. 
There's some people who have a very high spiritual IQ but have low emotional and mental. So I just wanted to interject that. No, no, no. It's, your narrative. It's, it's, and that is the imbalance. Yeah, it, 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 it works for me. Yeah. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually balanced, then that's a total right, balance, balance is big. Most yeah. of us are yeah. lacking yeah. in at least one of those areas. Or we're in denial. We push back from that. Right. right. The fact that we're lacking. Areas we need to yeah, think about like that. Right. There should, there should be categories of, of, of IQ because the mm-hmm. one, one scenarios I use sometimes is like, I said, you know, intelligence is, rel- is is like relative, right? Because if if you have a door, right, and you have a, is about to have a, a conference in this this sort of term, mm-hmm. but they have a door, right, uh, leading in there, and they, and everybody outside, with, you know, with all their PhDs and, and doctorates and and uh, allocates, you know, uh, all over the place, right? They're waiting to get into this place when when they open up the door, right? But there's a person in the front, right, who's like, you know, is 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 to, to lack of a better word, a dummy, right? Mm-hmm. But on the door, right, <laughs> there's, a, there's a sign that says, wet paint. Now, go around and check how many people have paint on their fingers and see who, which, guy, which person doesn't. The person that's the dummy, he sees the sign, so I'm not touching that, but with all those people that are, that are brilliant on paper, right, it's oh man, but you read the sign, <laughs> uh, yeah. which, which, which you want to like I said, so it's relative, you know, like intelligence is relative. Ask me, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, my intelligence was so relative. But here's what I, what I found out, right? And I've, I've used it so many different times. And, and when I say use it, I mean I, I, I've done it myself, but I've also mm-hmm. given it to people. When, a, when a person has a situation like that where they're afraid to pro, post a person, right? You know, third person is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Susie, right? You know, um, and Susie has the same as the situation with, with with her son, right? Susie, guess what? You, you know, um, um, Ted and Bertha from down the block, right? You, you know, the you know, the you know, the son is doing some stuff that ain't right, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, um, I, I want to tell them, you know, like, oh, the, but I, I know how to, you know, how to to, to reach this son, right? You know, but and because. Here's the things that I would tell them. So now you're talking to that person, and they don't even know it. That's the third person. That's the third person, like I said. You know, so you're talking to them, but without talking to them. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you, you make them serious. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's, even, if, even if it's a lie, I mean, you, know, I mean, you could make up some people that you don't know, right, mm-hmm. and say there's this woman on my job or this man on my job, you know, and you make up a situation, but you, you're correcting this. You're giving them food for thought, right? right? For their particular issue. For their, their exact issue, issue but they're not it. losing a friend right. because they're not saying, well, why are you telling me that? Right. You know, why are you, why are you talking to me about that? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this person on my yeah. job. Well, that's, that's the, the, the... And I didn't invent that. The, I mean, that's, that's not preacher, new. That's the preacher's right. uh, way of preaching. Yeah. To, you know, because he or she would say, I know some of you are going to think I'm talking to you directly. <laughs> He's able to look out right, right. In, into the congregation right, right, right. and see those heads that are going down like right, right, right. Not, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then some will actually call out the name. Yeah, Wesley, so that was saying Wesley, and blah, 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 you know. 
So yeah, that's 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 a good way of yeah. There's there's different ways to get it in there. Getting, getting the truth yeah. Out. It is but, it's a good way because not everyone is able to handle straight talk. Right. See, I I believe in straight talk, so I might lose a few along the way. <laughs> because, and the reason I'm mm. very much pro straight talk mm. is because I don't want there to be any question in your mind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because some people need that level. Oh, it has of, it has its place, of course. Yes, but but, but here's like, the alternative. You might lose some of right, right, right. Yeah. So your your method is your method is really good. It's just an alternative because yes. like some some people might need this like this. Yes. Straight up, no yes. chaser, just like that. Right. You know? If someone's doing something but, for a very long right long period of time, right. They need that straight talk. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, don't yeah, have yeah, any more yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my other method, that method is just an option. Yes, yeah. but it's, it's a great it's a great alternative. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think there was a show titled Straight Talk, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was, there was some uh, years back, I think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a good point you made earlier, Hans, mm-hmm. in terms of the, uh, the post-traumatic stress syndrome and, and mm-hmm. also the, the other point of, uh, what was it, uh, dealing with the fact that you might lose a few friends mm-hmm. by uh, telling them, you know, what's on your mind about their issues. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that we all, as a community, members of the community, yeah. have to uh, develop the, uh, the the concept of, of tough love. Yeah. I know I've done that in my immediate family, you know, and, and those of you who are listening to the program or who will listen to it in the archives, I want you all to know that I love you. Yeah. But however, if, uh, if things are not right, yeah. you know by now that, you know, uh, Baba Wesley does not play. And I don't expect you to give me any slack if you see me uh, in the wrong direction and, and change something that's out uh, of line. Because uh, I believe in the concept of each one, reach one, teach one. And on that note, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, momentarily. So please stay tuned. Again, uh, we welcome you back to our show. Um, we are talking with uh, Brother Mel Blackman, uh, a uh, professional uh, substance abuse lecturer, a, a successful author, and we are talking about the crisis in urban black America, The Enemy We Choose Not to See, which is the title of his book, and also You're Not My Friend, 
uh, a book that's geared towards children in our communities with regard to alcohol and substance abuse. So where were we? Uh, you would just share with us, uh, Brother Mel. Um, yeah, I forget where we left off. Right now we were talking about um, straight talk. Yeah, straight talk. <laughs> straight talk is yeah, it's both uh, indirect because uh, that's that's actually what uh, with my which you'll probably uh, ask me about my pers- my personal program. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that's one of the things I do with the, with the, because I'm I'm talking to people who are incarcerated, right? Yeah. How long have you been doing this, by the way? I've been doing this in 2008. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, since okay. 2008. But the um, so about eight years. Um, yeah. No, and but, but but what it is is that the um, un, you know, because I, I retired from um, being a substance abuse counselor after mm-hmm. 20 years mm-hmm. in 2013, but I was doing this in um. Like, um Going into the prisons uh, since uh, 2008, uh, doing only one day presentations. Is this Rikers Island? Uh, no, no, Sing Sing is, you know, but oh, okay. it is, I was doing state. Okay. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, Sing Sing came up a little earlier today. You know, it was, um, um, you know, that, I, I, I love going to that. I'm trying to get the, uh, the program in, into that facility because um, mm-hmm. the, uh, um, see, I, the, the people I'm trying to reach, like I said, are, are the people who are the problem. Yeah. You know, and then the way that I do it with the, with the Burning House Project is um, basically what I was telling you before, right? I'm not talking directly at a person, you know, which I, I am, but um, I'm throwing it in, in a different direction because, like, uh, a lot of times, and you, and you hear this a lot in, 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 uh, in the field and in the street, I've heard it for years, if a person is, um, is about to commit a crime and um, they're, they're told that you will, you, you, you you probably like get you know get caught for doing this. You know, if you get caught for doing this, you know you might do ten years. And the person said, "Well, you know, I could do ten years of standing on my head." Yes. You know, you you know people say stuff stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, I need three meals in a cot, and I'm okay. Yeah. See, but that's where where, where where I come in, right? Because okay, fine, you can do ten years, right? But you have a two year old. How's a two year old do the ten years? Yes. yes. You know, so I'm not I'm not, I'm not talking to you anymore. You know, I'm talking to you, but I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about how, how does your, uh, your, your, your two-year-old, you know, uh, your child, grandchild, niece, nephew, your girlfriend's kid, whoever it is, right, how do these kids, right, live, right, without you? Because, like, what you have, nobody else can give them. Right. They need a hug from you. They need just to see your your face, right? You know, like, mama holding it down is, like, that's, like, almost, I mean, I would be ashamed to say that because, like, you know, that's, like, Telling the world that I'm not doing my part, <laughs> so like you know, this other person is doing it all for me, you know, which which doesn't make any sense, you know, because uh, parenting is, is is a is a two person job, you know, the, the mother and the father. But the uh, like I said, the um, um, it's, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm talking, but it's it's nothing, it's no con or anything like that. I'm telling people point blank that if you do this and you get incarcerated or even killed for it, right, here's how, since your peers are still doing the same thing in the community, mm-hmm. right, if if we if you don't talk to them, not me, if you don't talk to them about doing this stuff, right, here's what, here's what not is going to happen to your kid or can happen to your kid, here's what is happening to your children. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting shot, they're getting corrupted, you know, they're getting, you know, they're getting all messed up all over the place, you know, because, you know, the... Um, uh, what, what they hear and what they see, you know, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of something in a little while uh, uh, about what children see. Well, what do you mean, Chad, you do now? Yes, yes, please. Uh, one of the things that I've, and I'm, I'm using this, as a matter of fact, anybody listening, you can Google it. Um, if you Google um, baby, and CP, baby and CPR dummy, 
There's a um, there's a, um, a, um, a video on this, and it's very short. It's about I don't know, maybe a minute, a minute and a half, if that long, of a a, a baby. You know, she's and and the little girl, it's a little girl, a little white girl. She's in the, in the room where they just had a CPR training, right? Because mm-hmm. you can see the CPR, you know, half torso on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And, short. and the uh, yeah, and and the thing is that um, I've been using this. Um, Example, you know, to to people also, in, with, along with the, the other stuff that I give this this kid who's no more than three months old, right, sees the sees the dummy. Now apparently they just had a CPR class in that room, right? So she can't walk and she can't talk, but she sees the dummy, right? Mm-hmm. So she scoots over. She can't walk, so she scoots over on her little butt up to the dummy. She gets up on the dummy, right? Yeah. She starts to do a chest compression, then she stops. Then goes to the to the head, and stops. starts to blow in the mouth, then stops, and then holds the nose first. Then wow. starts blowing into the in, into the into the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Then stops doing that. Then goes to chest compression, right? And she and she just saw it two minutes ago, That's right? Crazy. You know. So the thing is, like, if you told that child to do that, the child can't doesn't understand. She's three months old. Mm-hmm. She look at you like him. You, know, you don't know what's going on. But they children follow what you, what they what they see you do. Absolutely. So if they see you doing crazy stuff, right, or if you keep feeding them stuff like this, oh my goodness, don't get me into it. Because like uh, I'm 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 not against rap, right? I'm mm-hmm. against that 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 filthy violent stuff, right? Because right. as a matter of fact, I don't know if I told you this, but I was I was the first teacher of, of the the biggest rap I ever known, yeah. Big, cool. Biggie Smalls. Yeah, I, okay. I, I was his daycare teacher. My right. young, my younger son was one of his best friends, right? Mm-hmm. But the um, uh, the, the, the instructions that are given. I mean, I, I I hear it in the summertime, even right across the street from my house. You know, or, or the, the cars that you hear coming down with the. Um, yeah, I mean, I they, and 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 there's little kids all over the place, right? And they're hearing about how to um, basically rape, mm-hmm. uh, sodomize, do this, you know, uh, violent this, violent, this, and it's coming from us. Yes. Now you let one white person do that, and be an uproar that you would never. That you. But the sad thing about yeah. that, and I'm happy you brought that up, is because we have those of us in our communities who uh, embrace the concept of having block parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and even having house parties. Right. In the backyard or mm-hmm. the beach or in the park. But just say the block party right. as a whole, um, where we have this problem with those of us who are adults and senior adults. Mm-hmm. Who have a, 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 a difficulty in in aging? Mm-hmm. To say nothing of knowing that eventually you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So with that fear of death, right. you know, which is also in the spiritual realm of understanding uh, that uh, life is part of death is part of the life right. journey, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we buy into the notion that we should embrace what the youth are doing so that we can maintain our youth. <laughs> and so what goes along with that, not to digress anymore, mm-hmm. is to embrace the music that you mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And, and we play that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, without any any compunction in terms mm-hmm. of how it's going to affect the community at large, especially the children. Right. So the children get the sign that, oh, it's okay, because you're playing. Right. But then we get up in arms when we hear them playing it in their car and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might not play the exact... Um, um, violent mm-hmm. music that's being played, you know, on a top scale. Mm-hmm. But we go from t- from one to ten. Mm-hmm. We might play music that's on a five. 
Mm. It still has the word B. Mm. It still has you know, certain uh, aspects of balance, mm. but not as great, you know. Mm. So that's okay. That's acceptable. Mm. So that's something I think that needs there needs to be a conversation about. Yeah. Just 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 on a grassroots level. Mm. And you know, it doesn't take much, you know, when you go to the school and, and have the parent teachers association meeting or whatever it is, you know, with the police streets and what have you. Mm. You know, we're busy pointing the, pointing the finger, but the thumb is always pointing at us right, and right, ourselves. Right. You know, we're a, a big problem of our own plight. Yeah. Um, going back to your prison conversation, mm-hmm. I noticed in your book that you talk about Malcolm. Yeah. You know, do you share the story with your the prisoners that you speak with about Malcolm's uh, 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 rise to awareness and, and mental freedom and spiritual growth? Well, yeah, but that, and that's an easy job because like most of them know it. You know? Oh, okay. You know, see, because right. you know they 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 read they read this stuff. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Malcolm more than Malcolm more than, than Martin Luther King. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah they, so they're reading other books like Soul on Ice. And yeah, yeah. All the the Black Panther. Right. Uh, relatives. Or right, but but and, but don't forget now we're dealing with a, with a younger group of of people that are you know, that are they have a, a mindset that's 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 different because. Like I said, and some of you were saying, like you know, we were saying this now, like it's it's not you were saying it's not it's not your fault because like if, if this is where you're yeah. being if this is where you're being fed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can you say well, it was my fault? You gave this to me, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah. what you, you you just what you gave me exactly. You know, so but um and and yeah, but we we uh, we, we we talk about stuff like yeah. this because um uh, with with all this violence and stuff that's going on right now, I said because like um to, today with all with all the violence and everything like uh. And, and, Especially in Chicago, because Chicago makes 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 New York City look like mm-hmm. Disney World. Right. You know, because like they say, every, somebody's getting yeah. killed right now. You know. As we speak. As we speak. Every you second. know. But the thing is that uh, uh, what, what, what we what we uh, uh, um, the, the the as far as the the, uh, the violence and how we 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 address it is that if if we I put it this way like um there's there's no black leaders, right? I can't think of one. Maybe, maybe you all know somebody. I can't. Oh, think. They're, they're black leaders who are incompetent. Well, no, 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 okay, no, I'm saying okay. They're black leaders who who are not consistent. Well, you know, well, to me, like I said, like I said, we don't have any black leaders yeah. because, like, if you're a black leader, you're consistent, right? Yeah. See, yeah. Malcolm was consistent, yeah. and and and, uh, and so so was Martin Luther King. But the thing is, like, when, when I say black leaders, mm-hmm. there's no name I can think of, right? Mm-hmm. That, that 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 represents, you know. Um, Help turn this stuff around, right? With all this, with all this crime and everything that's going on, like especially with you know, the black on black, uh, which is interesting because every now and people ask, every now and then people ask me, um, you know, why why are you so concerned about you know, um, you know, only once in a while, why are you so concerned about you know black on black crime, you know, because like you know the whites do it too, right? Okay, next time I'm, I'm speaking to an auditorium full of people about crime, right? I'm going to address the issue and what's going on in Bensonhurst and how much it hurts me. <laughs> so what are you talking about? You know, I mean, I don't care what they're doing it too. You know, I mean, what's that got to do? Which parent ever told their child when the child did something wrong, right? Yeah, and 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 they asked the child, why did you do that, right? He said, my friends are doing it, right? And my friends are doing it, right? So and the parent said, oh, that's okay. I never heard that story, you know. And that that that's, that is, that causes all color barriers, right? You know, right, right. they said, what do you mean? Because they're doing it to make sure, right? Right. But uh, uh, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, right? You know. The way stuff is down, I mean, like, forget, like, you know, when they're talking about the, uh, uh, the establishment and the government and, you know, bigots and stuff like that, right? Okay, that's, we already know that. 
But I'm talking about like what are we doing? You know, what are we doing to each other, right? You, know, you better believe that Martin Luther King or Malcolm X will be addressing what we're doing to each other. There's only one person that that, that says that at all that I ever hear. And, and and I'm not a complete fan of his, but like when he says something that's right, I believe I go along with it, right? It's, it's Farrakhan. He's the only one that says that. He says why? He says why we keep we keep asking, begging uh, uh, people to, to give us money that we already have. <laughs> you know, we we keep. Uh, uh, Victimizing each other, you know, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? And I'm, I'm not from the Asian nation of Islam, you mm-hmm. know. But if you're saying something that, that's correct, but but you said consistent, right? Yeah. I don't see anybody. I think I think though the the paradigm of of, uh, of leadership, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is that we have to be leaders within ourselves. Well, yeah. And we we cannot look for uh, a leader, right? For he or she. Right. To take the mantle right. and give us a direction to go. Right. Uh, I think that we all have our own individual spiritual orientation mm-hmm. and religious and uh, uh, persuasions right. uh, that, that we find suitable mm-hmm. for our life journey. Right. You know, present. But um, we, I don't think that many of us are not aware of the golden rule. Mm-hmm. You know, doing unto others as you have others do unto you, unless you're a masochist. Mm-hmm. Then of mm-hmm. course you wouldn't want anyone in that state of mind right. because they are hurting themselves mm-hmm. uh, and, and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you're healthy, right. you know, you're going to want people to treat you in a healthy fashion, right. respect, if not love, mm-hmm. at least respect. Yeah. So I think that that's the challenge, and that's for uh, those of us um, who, by the way, those of you who are listening, if you'd like to speak with Mel or, or any of us on the show, please press the, press the number one button on your phone and that will indicate to us that you're interested in making a comment. And um, and before I forget, I don't want to wait to the end, Mel. Could you tell the listening audience how they can get in contact with you, um, email or any other uh, means of contacting you? Okay. Yeah, the, the best way to contact me is uh, via my email because I check my email every day. <clears throat> and, and my email address is uh, newmail. That's uh, N is in Nancy, U is in Uncle, M is in Mouse, E is in Elephant. L is in Larry at Verizon.net. That's Numel at Verizon.net. And and the, the reason I, I spell it out like that, you know, in, in, in that form is because I, I I sometimes I have to deal with as um, <laughs> a lot of the people listening and, and and you all also have to deal with uh, for different companies like uh, the phone company or yeah. Verizon or, or technical companies, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to somebody like a, you know, in another country, mm-hmm. and I have to repeat what I'm saying over and over because they, 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 they get it wrong. Absolutely. So I, I just sort of you know, spell it out. It's newmel, N-U-M-E-L, at verizon.net. You know, and uh, just one quick thing about uh, about um, what you're saying about the le- about a leader, right? Yes. What's important about a, a, a leader to me is like uh, – we have to, you know, like to find, you know, like uh, the inspiration within ourselves. Of course, like like you said, right? Mm-hmm. But there's certain people that that's, that's the catalyst for that. Yes. You know, and and and, and that could say because like there's a, there's a bunch of people that I know right now that I'm not fond of. You know, that you all see in the papers and anytime there's some cop, if a cop when a cop shoots somebody or something like that, right? And, and these people are right there, right? Mm-hmm. If they were to say the things that I'm saying, mm-hmm. it could turn people around right away. Yes. You know, because, like, they're already listening to these people, you know. So, like, Absolutely. say something about, like, you know, what we're doing, you know, what we're doing to each other, you know, and, like, you know, how that, because, like, that's only helping the oppressor in the first place, you know. Yeah, the oppressor is applauding every time 
You know, they hear about us killing each other, you know, That's shooting right. our kids, you know, robbing each other, you know, doing this, that, or the other, you know, and but you, you, you know what I mean, right? Absolutely. They, they, they love it. I mean, they, yeah. they keep keep up the good work. I, I, I want to paradigm yes. shift hmm? that's occurring, hmm? and I believe that if we recognize it, yeah. we can jump on it and further it. Yeah. And by that I mean, when I was growing up, we had leaders. So I could look up to Jesse Jackson. Yeah. I could look up to Reverend Al Sharpton, yeah. Dr. King, yeah, yeah. right, Malcolm. We we had leaders. Yeah. We had somebody that we could look up to. And the thing of it is, many people don't have anyone that they can look up to, which is why a leader is important. Maybe in our individual right. families, we might have had a parent or something that yeah. was, that helped us. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the well. I believe that the majority of the people right. don't have that as evidenced by what we see. Yeah. Okay, that's how I'm deducing that, yeah. by what I see. Mm-hmm. Because if more people had had that backbone right. when they were growing up, we wouldn't have that. Then we have to look at layers. The layers are part of the paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about layers of post-traumatic slave disorder. Yeah. We're looking at the layer of Grandma is now 35 years old. We're looking at the layer of you're the pastor and a 16-year-old feels they can cuss you out. When I was growing up, that was unheard of. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at all of these different layers right. that we have to slice through. Absolutely. And so this paradigm shift, I believe, is really focused on mm-hmm. what you guys were saying. I know I just said you guys, right? Might as well not be talking about this expression nowadays. You say you guys. That's what you're doing present. But be that as it may. Yeah. Be, be that as it may. Um, well, it's new in a different context. I know, I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But um, be that as it may, uh, this spiritual revolution yeah. is what is bringing forth leaders. And as the husband was saying, you have to find that leadership within yourself Mm -hmm. because the fact of the matter is we can sit around Mm -hmm. and say we don't have a Dr. King. Mm -hmm. We don't have this. We don't have that. Gandhi is gone. Mm -hmm. Okay, we we can do all of that and things can progressively keep getting worse. Or we could look within and find that spiritual, that spirituality, not necessarily religion, and I know I'm in trouble by saying the wrong thing about religion on the show, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, No, really, because I I don't care. I have this thing about religion. My husband Mm -hmm. and I were talking about Mm -hmm. religion the other day because, yes, I grew up Christian, raised Christian, Mm -hmm. but I never was able to accept the fact that on the wall of my church, Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the low self-esteem issue that we've carried from the slavery Mm -hmm. time because they beat the daylights out of us and made us accept their religion. Mm -hmm. But the person that we're praying to, we can't relate to. Mm -hmm. But if you go in churches, um, an an interesting experience I had was visiting a Korean church Mm -hmm. one day in... um, Flushing. Mm-hmm. And they had a picture on the wall, and, and their Jesus looks like them. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so, but, okay, but where did we get lost that we couldn't do that? Mm-hmm. And every now and then, I see some wonderful mm-hmm. depictions of mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. with locks and yeah, nice yeah. brown complexion and everything, but I don't see that in right. many places, and I actually have not been in a church yeah. where they had that depiction. So that's yeah. part of the self-esteem well, problem. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of the beginning of the very of new leadership. Yeah. Because 
I mean, this country is only been is only a little bit more than 200 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we our, our experience of our ancestors of slavery is a little over 400 years. Mm-hmm. And from an anthropological, I can, I can put on the anthropological hat mm-hmm. and sociological, psychological mm-hmm. hat. Mm-hmm. It takes time for change to happen. Right. Seeds are planted, mm-hmm. and then seeds germinate, and then they blossom. They they bloom, and then and and then uh, and then there's a manifestation mm-hmm. of the fruits. Mm-hmm. That, it, that the tree bears, or mm-hmm. that the plant bears. So I, I think that in our lifetime, we're seeing the beginning of that leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we had a, uh, uh, African-American uh, president mm-hmm. who's presided leadership in this mm-hmm. country for the past eight years, which mm-hmm. is another segue right. that I'd like to get into in terms of uh, uh, squeezing this into our show mm-hmm. uh, this evening. Uh, my wife and I were looking at a program uh, featuring authors of African descent mm-hmm. earlier this afternoon, and it was a very heated uh, uh, type of conversation mm-hmm. about, uh, I won't name the, the people, mm-hmm. perhaps the next show, mm-hmm. I, can, I don't have that in front of me, but uh, uh, Julian Marvel happened to be one of the uh, uh, authors that was highlighted, and, and the host, April uh, Ryan, I believe her name is, um, presided, mm. and towards the end they were talking about Obama mm. and his accomplishments. Mm. Before then, two brothers, one was a lawyer and the other one is a professor, mm. and they're talking about Black Lives Matter and so forth, and and the fact that um, uh, indeed, uh, you know, there's a new uh, absurd absurdity of uh, of, of uh, protests mm. relative to our community mm-hmm. and police brutality and so forth. And, of course, there's another conversation about that, about uh, the, the fact that the organizers of, of this movement, uh, some of them are, are from the gay community, mm-hmm. some are from the ultra-radical mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. and some from outside of the community right. that is spanning the flames in terms of the mm-hmm. rioting and, and destruction that mm-hmm. happens at a couple of, at a few of these demonstrations. And needless to say what happened in, 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 uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. And Dallas, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought this is a very interesting conversation yeah. dealing with four authors and four books. Mm. But towards the end, they mm. had a question and answer period, and a white man came up, you know, uh, to the to the mic, and he says, you know, why is this this self righteousness that we have from the policemen on one hand, and we have that from the protesters? Mm. Each of them was so self righteous mm-hmm. that they feel that their way is the only way. And they feel as if they're being insulted mm-hmm. or being unjustly attacked and, and, and not being treated with respect. Right. So one of the brothers, you know, I think he was a professor, he says, look, the fact that my son, who's a major in, in uh, anthropology, mm-hmm. and he's in the park yeah. gathering, you know, plants or whatever he does, and research and rocks, and, right. you know, uh, he's approached by two cops. And they have their hands on, his, on their guns, mm. and he says, "Don't you know the park closes at nine o'clock?" Mm. And my son says, "Well, it's seven thirty, mm. you know." And so, what's something wrong with this picture? And he says, "How many of us as black people have had this type of um, mm. uh, altercation or experience? Mm. Whether you're driving a car, you know, and so forth." And then the host of the show said, "Look, we're not dealing with being self-righteous mm. when you have a a, a child." telling mommy everything's going to be okay mm. when her father just got killed right. and the mother is actually live screaming mm. the whole incident. 
and the, the policeman is still has his gun drawn mm. after he shot the man. Yeah. He says, that's not overreacting. That's not being so righteous. Mm. That's being in a state of rage because mm. of the fact that we know that most of these events are un, un, uncalled for, mm. you know, and, and we have a, a right to be outraged. So, you know, that dialogue went, went hand in hand. And I was raising my fists and whatnot, and I said, <laughs> yes, yes, right on. But towards the end, mm. it came up this conversation about Obama. Uh -huh. And uh, how do you rate him? Mm. And uh, Sister Julia Marvel, I'll say her name. Mm. Uh, and I, I'll get into some other conversation with you after the show or some other day. But uh, she says, well, from a 1 to 10, I give him a 5. Mm. Or I give him a B minus mm. or C minus or something to that effect. She gave him a C plus a C in plus? one area mm -hmm. and a B or something in the other area. Right. No A's. No A's, right. No A's. No A's. One, one person did give him an A. Mm -hmm. I think that was the host, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, yeah, he didn't, the first two years in office mm -hmm. when the Democrats were mm -hmm. in the majority mm -hmm. in Congress and, and the, the Senate, he didn't do anything for our community. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting in the back of my head. You know, she's an economist, you know. She's a former president of a black university and whatnot, mm -hmm. college for women, I believe. And I says, well, it doesn't take an armchair political scientist to state that, and to think rather, that uh, it takes two years for him to get you familiar yeah, right, with yeah. the office, yeah. to, to learn, right. to take the temperature right. of the politics within the community. Right, right. That takes two years, if not even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to say nothing about the fact that he was aware, uh, oh, yes, he also had to uh, rescue Wall Street, the mm -hmm. banks. Mm -hmm. He had to rescue, rescue the auto industry mm -hmm. and get them to the, point that the, to the point that they wouldn't go bankrupt and the economy would be an upheaval. Right. It's not, a, not a fact the economy of the United States, but of the world. Right. So he had enough of his place. with the fact that many of his colleagues, if not most, didn't want him there. Exactly. He had to deal with that. Yeah. On yeah, top of that. that. On top that, of that. Right. right. Just, just stepping on his foot yeah. and telling him to walk from here to there. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, yeah. get off my foot. All day. Get yeah. off my neck. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, you know. Yeah. All day. Yes. Yeah. So, I said, well, that was a disservice, and it was especially because of the fact that the audience, right. a great part of the audience were young right. brothers and sisters from right. the African-American mm -hmm. community, you know. So needless to say, I, I thought about you, Mel, because mm -hmm. uh, I remember the story you told me last week about your experience at the White House. Mm -hmm. So without any more, me digressing, digressing anymore, mm -hmm. and I uh, 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 thought about the White House, could you share with the listening audience your experience? with uh, your, your White House and you introducing the, the book, uh, being invited by the aide to uh No, 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 uh, no, 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 the, um, um, uh, Val Valerie, uh, Valerie, uh, Valerie, uh, Valerie Durant's, um, um, she was, uh, Kathy Branch, she was the first person to ever call me from the White House. Okay. That caught me, that caught me, like, off guard because I was, um, I was counseling, um, I, I, I was in my office, I was at work, and, mm -hmm. Uh, just because I started uh, sending information about the Burning House Project to the, you know, to the transition team as soon as Obama got elected. I mean, he wasn't even in the wall, in, in the White House yet. Mm -hmm. But the um, um, I was well, once he was in the, in the office because uh, Valerie Jarrett was supposed to be the uh, 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 President Obama had, had created the Office of Urban Affairs, mm -hmm. right? It was something that that, that he created. 
So I, I got winded on uh, Valerie Jarrett, who's uh, his best friend. Yes. Right? Yeah, for, for years, you know, mm-hmm. for years and years back, right? His and, and Michelle. His and Michelle, yeah. And um, from, from years back, you know, and uh, was supposed to be the uh, you know, the director of that. So, like, I was, you know, beside other people, I was sending that information to to her. So I was, I was, I was in my office. Um, uh, and I was in my office talking to a client, with, a, with a client. Right. And you know, at the rehab, and my cell my cell phone rings. You know, so you know, I told my client, excuse me, I get you know, let me take this right. So I see that it says private or, or something like that. It said private, or, you know, unlisted or something. So um, the, the caller was this this uh, this wonderful lady. I was in contact with her the other day. Her name is Catherine Branch. She's um she works for the value as a red. And uh, she's one of the top people in there, right? And she said, this Melvin Blackman? I said, yes, it is, right? I said, uh, who's calling? She said, oh, well, my name is Kathy Branson. I'm calling from uh, Val- Valerie Jarrett's office, right? Yes. So I don't know what happened because I'm inside my skin. But, but the client's there. I forgot all about the client, right? So, so <laughs> the lady said, hello? <laughs> hello? I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm sorry, right? I said, is this doing to me? Does this call is coming from the White House, right? Because when she said Valerie Durant, right? Yes. I said, well, I know, where this, but I know where this call is coming from. But what happened is that, you know, we had a conversation. I forgot exactly what we talked about, actually, right? Mm-hmm. And because she said, you know, she got my my information and all this stuff. And, um, and then what happened is that, you know, you know, well, not hang up. You know, I called, like, I ended the call on, on my cell on my cell phone after the conversation. So I completely forgot the client sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know, so so the client the client said, "Mr. Blackman, Mr. Blackman." I said, "Oh, so I snap out of it, right?" Mm-hmm. He, he said, "Was that was that was that really the White House?" You know, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh yeah." He says. It must have been because you should have seen the look on your face. The way dawning, I said when I heard her name. Yes, yes. When she, I mean, she, well, not her name, uh, but uh, when she said she's going from Valley to Rest Office, I said, I, I know where this call is coming from. It's not coming from the bodega down the block, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that called me all guard. But when, but when I was invited there, I met with. But um, see, this, that was that was in like 2000 and what was it? 2009, I think. Uh, that was I think it was, two, it was 2009. I'm not sure if it was that. That call came before he um, when he was still in transitional when he when he went in in there um, mm-hmm. when he was in in there after January but um, in um, um, in 2010 I was invited there to talk about the same burning house project right yes. you know by um, to the um, <clears throat> the lady who was the associate director of the uh, office of urban affairs um, and it was Elena Beverly she's not with them uh, anymore mm-hmm. but at that time she was and. Um, she was, she was she was she was basically the director because it was, it was this guy was the director and she was the associate director which more, means hand in hand you know yeah. the two of them right but the um uh, that that was quite interesting you know because I'm I'm I'm, I'm there I am okay. now you didn't you did not get a chance to meet uh, no I didn't but uh, I but I had <laughs> but I had yeah and I understand you were not too far away from the Oval Office yeah, yeah. and you were trying to stall a little bit to yeah I was hoping I was <laughs> I was hoping I would see him like you know come by and it's like I said hey because you said you know there's no uh, yeah. uh, there's a protocol because I have a, I have a you know picture of uh, me and her and because uh, it was just me her. And her assistant having you know, having this meeting, you know, so it was it was really a private meeting, yeah. and and I got you know, well, I found out to be extremely uh, interesting, yeah, that, and, yeah, yeah, touching uh, anecdote. Yeah, that was I, cool. I think I told you that I had drummed 
You did, yeah. Inauguration. You did, yeah. Which is so, like, yeah, that, yeah, that was quite better than what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't invited by the administration. It was uh, basically an impromptu uh, decision on my part. Mm -hmm. I was invited by um, a group of activists mm -hmm. from, from uh, Jersey City in mm -hmm. New Jersey. Yeah. And I used to live in New Jersey, in, in, uh, in uh, Jersey City. Mm -hmm. So my contact there, Bobby Stewart, called and asked if I would be interested in uh, joining a bus ride of about three buses. Right. Bus load. So I said, sure, and I bought my, my djembe African drum. Right, right. And my intention was just to do a little bit of drumming, mm -hmm. but coming from outside of the bus as we um, parked uh, towards the, walking towards the Washington Monument, mm -hmm. uh, I continued to drum. Mm. People over a bridge saying, yes, we can, yes, we can. <laughs> so those of you who are listening, if you'd like to see me uh, and, and other activists uh, uh, participating in the inauguration of uh, President Barack Obama, you can go to YouTube and key in Baba Wesley Gray drumming at Obama's inauguration. I should come up and it's a 14-minute um, uh, video of me. Also, you can go to my uh, website, Drums of Change, Dot com. I repeat that again. That's drumsofchange.com. And I have a, uh, a drum store and a bookstore. And I, I'm excited about sharing with you the bookstore because I hope to have authors such as my friend and, and author Mel Blackman to have his two books uh, as part of our uh, collection in which you can access uh, in the near future. I'll let you know in a future show when uh, that will be available. And, of course, to contact me by phone, you can dial 888-338-2508. Again, that's 888-338-2508. So uh, we're about to wrap up uh, for this show, Mel. And, and uh, I, again, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. There's a lot of things that I, I had planned to speak with you about, but, you know, we really got involved in, in my wife, Dora. I want to thank you for being on this show with us. Oh, glad uh, to be here. Yeah, you brought up some very interesting and succinct uh, points and, and um, uh, thoughts that uh, I think the audience appreciated. And um, hopefully we can have you back on with us uh, sometime in the future, Mel. Sure. So uh, tell me, uh, before we end, about your play that's about to be, uh, are you in production right now? Well, actually, uh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm um, in the casting. Um, I'm, I'm looking for uh, rec recovering uh, addicts of uh, at least 10 years or more clean, you know, clean time, mm -hmm. right, to uh, participate in, in the, in the, um, in, in the play, and. Um, it's a very easy play because like the uh, there's only each, each actor would only have one. It's not really acting. It's like one one page to read, mm -hmm. right? You know, mm -hmm. Ten different people, one page to read, and then at the end of the play, right? They'll expound their own their own history mm -hmm. pertaining to what they read. Okay. You know, so which is like you know you don't have to rehearse for that because like you right. already know that you know. Okay. So I'm I'm, I'm looking for some people with um. You know, at least ten, at least ten years of uh, you know, clean time. You know, to uh, well, definitely keep us posted. Right? Absolutely, things, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the play is uh, called launch. it's called played. 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 Yeah. P L A Y E D. Right, because that, that which is what what drugs and alcohol does. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They were all yeah, played. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, including myself. <laughs> so of course we end the show by giving 
homage to our ancestors, giving homage to uh, those in our immediate community, especially those brothers and sisters who have uh, died through the acts of violence amongst themselves and, and as a result of, of the uh, police community. We ask that indeed that uh, we embrace the concept of uh, uh, forgiveness and, and also to embrace the concept of uh, developing your spirituality to the point that indeed there is self-love amongst, and love amongst each other. So again, without any further ado, we give homage to the ancestors and we end by the drum. Peace and blessings, love to all. Ashay. <laughs> 